0: What's up? Welcome back to Keeping Stock, the weekly sneaker podcast coming out every Sunday to give you a rundown on modern sneaker culture, upcoming releases from your favorite brands, sneaker history, financial analysis, and more, in 20 to 30-minute podcast episode, written and produced by me, Julian. And today, I battled a topic that I am not necessarily a fan of, it's never piqued my interest, and that's sneaker botting, or utilizing bots to help with releases. And so we're going to dive into the rabbit hole that is the sneaker bot industry, how they work, why people utilize them, and some other interesting tidbits here and there on today's episode. So let's get to it. So, for the better half of the 2010s, the growth of sneaker botting was definitely noticeable. Before we saw a lot of first come, first serve on foot sites and sneaker releases. And slowly we started to see the waiting rooms, the online raffles, the obscure drop times in some cases, because of these bots, algorithms, scripts, being ran against these websites to instantly cart products and check out. And what you have to understand is that these bots are used both internally and externally. So companies will use these internally to ensure that the site is functioning, functioning properly from front end to checkout. So essentially what the website may be testing when they're testing their website is, hey, I landed on the homepage, I clicked men's shoes, I clicked a product, I selected a size, I made it to checkout, I could implement my information, the coupon code work, I checked out successfully. And they run that with lines of code to make sure nothing during the path for the user experience is broken because nothing is more frustrating than going to a website and it just doesn't make sense. You click men's shoes and it takes you to all shoes. You click on a shoe, you hit add to cart, it doesn't give you the action to go directly to cart or check out right away. Or in some cases, that plugin or that script, it's broken and you can't even check out, resulting in a loss of maybe one sale, tens of sales, thousands of sales. And that's why that these companies use it internally, but externally, it's going to be a, a very similar process. And so these custom-built bots or scripts utilized by sneaker connoisseurs, resellers, someone who owns a business getting and acquiring these shoes to resell is going to use it in the same functionality. They may reverse engineer it and utilize, hey, I know where the URL is or what that product page will look like and put that in to their bot. So essentially between internal from a company's viewpoint and external from a third party or an individual, it's pretty much the same running that functionality. And so these bots externally kind of go through the same process. They know what the hype shoe is. So they're gonna place in their bot that they bought, or in some instances, custom-made with Python and other various coding scripts and languages to look for a keyword containing the sneaker they want. And so they'll use a keyword such as "Easy 350" or "Jordan 11 Retro Jordan 11" or "Ronnie Fee New Balance" etc. Right? They're gonna look for that keyword to appear on the site in its source to target that exactly. So when that is released, uploaded onto the site, and the functionality is available, the bot hones in on that keyword, goes directly to the product page, and finishes the checkout process from there. And so you can see, depending on how advanced this bot is, you know, you could take you directly to the product page and then take you to the cart and checkout. Some of them have functioned or utilized and reverse engineered how the cart structure is laid out on a website, and already implemented that in the code, so it happens in pure microseconds. Instead of going through all those different processes that may take someone manually 15 seconds, 20 seconds, takes them microseconds to complete. And this is kind of one of the biggest issues that the sneaker industry is seeing because these sizes, if not combated correctly, are flying out of the shelf or off the shelf to potentially the same user in 10s or 20s of pairs, or that script is combating the back end of the site, breaking links, slowing down site speed, and crashing the website. And so there's been instances where companies try to combat this using tricky ways. So you look at like Supreme, notably known for people botting or people trying to purchase bots to buy from Supreme due to the high resale value in the resale market or to a third-party market. And so Supreme tried to set a dwell time, so how long it takes you to complete the checkout, or how long you dwell on a certain page or the website in general, to weed out bots. So essentially saying, if user takes less than five seconds to check out on a product, it equals bot, or is most likely bot, cancel order, ban IP, etc. But the downside is, that they found that some people who were manually trying to purchase this were kicked out as well. Because if you've ever done a Supreme drop, it's always gonna be the same layout, right? And so if you've done it multiple times and you set up your information, you have autofill, you roll through it, you click the product, click the size, add to cart, check out, maybe five seconds for some people, maybe 10, depending on that dwell time setup. But so if you're manual, and you complete it under that time, maybe not as quick as a bot, but still under that requirement, it banned you. And so, in that instance, didn't really work out the way Supreme was hoping. Then you look at other players who have tried it in a little bit of a different way, like the barrack Skate Shop, when the Purple Lobsters came out, they made a user using a bot pay $11,000 for a pair of shoes. And theoretically, I believe they could have gotten away with this. I'm not sure what happened. I couldn't find the final back end of it. But based on their terms of service, all sales are final, etc., that that user could have been locked into that price because they used a bot who checked out, looked for that purple lobster keyword, ran the script, went to checkout and purchased it because that card was already set up in the bot, with that user not knowing that it, that certain size, nine and a half, ten and a half, in that one product was set to $11,000 MSRP, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, I mean, it's kind of what you'd expect or would happen in some of these cases. The same thing happened with Kith where they sold a user 21 pairs of Wheat Jordan 1s during one of their hyped releases. So that user thought they were going to get a single pair of a certain shoe, but ended up with 21 of them. And that's the thing about bots, right? You set it up, you put your card information in there on the back end, and it's going to charge it if it's successful. And that's some of the downsides of bots that people don't always think about, right? That companies are combating this to make sure that they're giving the most fair chance to their users. And so essentially, a lot of web developers for major brands, an example, look at Adidas and Nike, have really come out to say, all sneaker releases that aren't lotteries or waiting rooms or random chance are susceptible to bots. And that's because that structure is always going to be able to figure it out. I mean, shops like Spotify or Shopify are the most notoriously bad for bots because it's really a large plug and play sandbox with very limited ability in regards to what you could do on a custom site to combat this. gets targeted quite a bit or knocked offline and it also goes the same for footlocker champs east bay foot action those foot sites are notorious for bots as well and in some argument you could say that those foot action sites or foot sites do enjoy the press that these bots bring to their site so you gotta think you wake up on a saturday morning maybe you forgot a release that happened and the bots that someone is utilizing or hundreds of people are utilizing has slowed down checkout or the site has halted checkout, etc. Then you see on Twitter, uh, I'm kicked out of Foot Locker. I'm kicked off of Champs. It's not loading. It's crashed. I really wanted these. It drives buzz, drives hype. The person who woke up late, maybe 30 minutes, may say, hey, I can go and try to get these now. Brings more people into the site more opportunities for people to buy something else if they missed out on that purchase. Because if you woke up at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to buy a $180 pair of shoes, now you feel like, oh, I have $180 in some case if you haven't budgeted. Maybe I can find some other deal on there and keep looking. And so now you kind of understand how the bot structure is, overview. Now we're going to look into the depths of how these bots really function and the steps that they utilize to be a successful bot process. And so the first thing is that you can most, more often than not, people are buying these sneaker bots from someone else. I'm sure there's a handful of people or more that can do this on their own and code a successful bot. But these public bots are already made. They're already proven in some regards and they release on these sites. I'm not going to name them, And you can buy them from, you know, inexpensive ones being $400 to more in-depth ones at $3,000. And you could guess that that price range is based on what your intent with that bot is, right? You might buy a $400 bot for something that's extremely hyped, like look at Off-White, Yeezy, Travis Scott, sometimes Drake, or more. So you don't end up paying instead of you know, $160 retail playing the $1,000 price premium, you paid 400 and have a better chance at securing those sneakers. Granted, just because you have a bot doesn't mean you're going to get the sneakers. So remember that portion. All the way up to $3,000, which is going to give you the access to quite a bit more, better functionality, and it could allow you to get more of those pairs as a reseller, a consignment store, boutique, however you're functioning, to have more pairs to sell and make a larger profit. And so more often, what I found interesting is that these bots sell out faster than sneaker releases in some regards, because they're only offering, you know, 100 or 200 of them. So that way, if you flood the market, they wouldn't really work. People wouldn't return to you. Simple supply and demand. And so once those bots sell out, some of them hit another resale market for a surplus of $1,500 to $3,000 extra on top. To buy that. And you have to remember, those are public bots. No one ever thinks about the private, self-developed bots, maybe made by someone who's not in the sneaker industry, who's really in it purely for profit, that's kept one to themselves, that may be utilizing different techniques, gateways, backdoor entries, etc. Because for if it's private, you want it to do the best that it can. If it's public, you don't want to give out your best information because that kicks you out of the game. And further on those bots in the resale market, you can buy cracked bots, which I wouldn't suggest buying. Once again, I'm trying to stay neutral here. I'm not for bots. But if you are in that industry and that's your process, don't buy a cracked one. Because all the reviews I said is that some of these cracked ones, even though they may be insanely less expensive and affordable, can steal your payment information. People can bring the license back you can get scammed out of the bot, etc., for being cheap. So if you are going to go that route, you might as well just save up and try to buy one when they release from those certain sites and providers. So with that, these bots also, more often than not, come with an access to what some people call a cook group. So this cook group helps you join a Discord or a server of some sort of other people utilizing the same bot for troubleshooting, uh, release details, tips and tricks, and more live during the process. So if you have a problem with your bot, you have access to that. And a lot of these times, these cook groups have done it long enough to tell you exactly how to find a product on certain sites when they're loaded and how they load it and what those URLs may be some of the tricks that that side has tried to prevent for bots, etc., and that's the access to the cook group. So you're essentially getting a program and then live support in some regards from other users currently using that bot. From there, you can use a bot, you know, independently on your own internet. But more often than not, they're utilizing a separate server. So essentially, think of these virtual private servers as another home. So you have a computer in another home with better performance and speed. So instead of getting 50 megabytes a second, 200 megabytes a second of internet, you're getting 1.5 or 1500 megabytes a second, 2000 megabytes a second. These servers typically run that software on their own. So it's not bogging down your computer. And more often than not, They're trying to get these as close to the headquarters or the other servers of the website you're going to for less latency and lag between the ping, the communication between servers. So there's as little downtime as possible. And so when they purchase these, like Shopify, who may be, we'll say in New York or Virginia, their headquarters are, their servers are located around there. So you could be in Montana, have access to a server or purchased or made a server and New York or Virginia. Now you're closer, less latency, less ping, less downtime, more opportunity to purchase a sneaker you're looking for. And that's the servers portion. But so you have to think, even if you're using a server, you're essentially just using your own internet at this time. So if that server gets caught, gets shut down, your IP gets banned, your bot no longer works, or it's one sneaker per customer. So how do you get multiple pairs of sneakers? That's where the proxies come in. So, so far you have the bot itself, the software, you have the cook group, you have servers, and then finally you have proxies. And these proxies are a workaround to that one pair per person or getting banned um, by a site or a company. And this essentially cloaks your IP address with multiple other ones, kind of giving you that access to various cloaks IP. So you can come in multiple times and purchase multiple shoes. So that's when you see on Instagram more often than not, when people have hundreds of shoes, If they haven't backdoored them from a retailer. It's because of that proxy was successful in the bot. And there's two types of proxies. You have residential, which is a little bit more reliable. It's banned a little less frequently. Then you have a data center. Data centers are typically cheaper they're faster. They're not owned by an internet service provider, as residential may be, tied to a house or a community or a neighborhood data center connected to a business or a commercial account. And that's much, much faster, but it's going to be likely to be banned if they see um, frequent activity from IPs in one data center. And essentially, that's how bots work. The one thing that is kind of phenomenal to me is that Resale of tickets or using utilizing bots for tickets is illegal. So, on Ticketmaster, who has a huge problem with this, if you're caught utilizing a bot to score hundreds of tickets, you can get fined or months in jail, whatever it may be, for using that. An unfair advantage. But in sneakers, it's not. And I'm not sure why it's not, why someone hasn't pushed that action. Maybe it is because it is good in some way for publicity. Maybe it is still leading to sales. Who knows on why they still allow bots, but that's why they do. Overall, I can give some understanding to why people use bots, right? If you are making a living reselling sneakers, you need a way to get multiple pairs. And in most cases, you're not going to get multiple pairs manually before they sell out. However, Being a purist, I'm in sneakers for the chase, for the hunt, finding, you know, that little second of joy you get when you finally purchase them manually and defeated the enemies, the cyborgs, the bots. That's why I like doing manual. However, I can see the viewpoint of using bots. Personally, I'll never use one, just not for me, but I figured I'd share this with you guys so you could understand at least how they work when you understand, oh, someone's using a bot, you know that they've. They've most likely bought it. They're utilizing a cook group with others using bots. They're on a different server to get faster internet speeds, lower latency, lower ping. Then they're using these proxies to cloak their IP address and get multiple pairs and run around that one pair per person. And that's how bots work in a nutshell. So I hope that was informative in some way. I hope you enjoyed that little breakdown. If you haven't already, make sure to follow the podcast. New episodes every Sunday. Coming up next is some cool content and upcoming releases. If you like what you've heard so far, make sure to follow us on social media, Instagram at keeping Stock and Twitter at Keeping underscore Stock. Further, social media is always found in the show notes and other cool things that are going on with the Keeping Stock podcast. But the best place to find that is going to be following us on Instagram and Twitter. Without further ado, let's get back to the show. All right. Some cool content for me personally this week, and maybe some recent pickups. I was able to pick up the China Moon LeBron 7 um, after the restock happened. Super happy to have those. Now I have the Christmas 7, the China Moon 7 retros, and then I have a couple pair of original 7s. Uh, Great to see those re release and for people who really wanted them, they had the ability to grab them. Shout out to Sneaker Twitter. Um, On Twitter, you see me retweet them multiple times if you do follow on social They do a great job of posting on restocks for all brands and some streetwear, giving you the direct links, etc. There's other Twitter accounts that do it as well, and I thank them for taking the time to do so because that's not easy. Um, And I was lucky enough to score a pair of shoes I had been looking for and missed out on release day. What else happened is Mac Miller came out with his album, Circles, Post Thomas album. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Blue World, the beat on that was phenomenal. It's interesting to see his headspace, and maybe it felt a little different knowing the outcome of Mac Miller's life, but I thought it was a well-done project. I felt it felt complete. didn't feel rushed. didn't feel like his estate just put it out there. It felt true to Mac, and I respect them for that. Eminem came out with an album out of nowhere, 20 tracks with features, also featuring Juice World, another surprising feature here, Uh, a post-Ominous feature again. I haven't listened to the whole thing, but he, once again, Eminem being Eminem, does say and go after some serious bars here coming off of that Nick Cannon beef. Obviously, this was in production for a while, um, but dropped that out of nowhere, which was really cool to see a shock drop of 20 songs from arguably one of the greatest rappers of all time. Uh, So it was cool to see that happen and come out. I was lucky enough to score a hoodie from Lapstone and Hammer in their collection with Rack. Uh, Brilliantly designed, major attention to details, and happy to have that coming in and being shipped. Um, Really looking forward because everything I've seen about it, people have been enthralled with. Not your typical standard run-of-the-line hoodie really sought after those details that pushes it over the top at a very affordable price point. And finally, Beyonce and Ivy Park dropped today when I'm courting on Friday on Adidas. They dropped tomorrow on Saturday and I scored a pair, not trying to score for me, try to get a pair for my significant other. Uh, they didn't have her size or, well, theoretically they did, right? You wait in line, waiting room, waiting room, waiting room, got through, Went to clicker size, hit add to bag, then it just made the size blank, and then loaded two other random sizes, then loaded two other random sizes, etc. As I'm sure it was picking and choosing what was in stock from people's other people who had got through, and I wasn't able to secure the size I did. Luckily, I was able to secure my size, so can't be mad at that. Let you know how those are when they come in. Um overall I thought it was a pretty smooth release. A lot of people were outraged on the internet, more so because this collection brought in an audience that isn't into sneakers, typically. They brought in the beehive, right? This waiting room thing was normal for every other Adidas easy drop that we've seen. Set up the computer, get on your phone, wait in line, watch TV, work on work, do your homework, whatever it is in the background, check in every minute or so and see if you got through. And that's all you had to do. But people were outraged, felt entitled that they should have had the shoes, this, that, and the third Um, Some people got pre-access and it just went down. It's part of sneakers. If you listen to some of the previous podcasts, you'd understand kind of that portion of limited sneakers and the hype behind them, especially being with Beyonce. And that's the cool content for the week. Oh, actually, following up, Nike did just sign a League of Legends gamer. So if you listen to last week's podcast on why esports may be the next frontier for sneakers and me going in depth into that market and then a few days later, Nike finalized their contract, you can learn a little bit more about the esports market by going to that previous podcast or going to a podcast before that and listening to How to Buy Limited Sneakers if you struck out on that Ivy Park collection and maybe missed that podcast because my my tip worked for me. I was on a different browser on my computer with a different internet connection, on my phone, mobile data, with another browser. My phone made it through, my computer did not, happen at the same time, yeah, random chance, but still different gateways to get there. And now let's get in to our sneaker releases for January 19th through January 25th, relatively slow week we have on the 19th, the Air Foam Posit 1 Crimson. Didn't know they're still coming out with Foam Posits. Men's, grade school, preschool. Basically crimson with kind of these like red or black drops on them or dots that kind of look like condensation uh, just bring back original colors of the air posit for me we get then another nike sb dunk low infrared happy to see dunks coming through um, and just waiting for a color that piques my mind these infrareds are pretty rad um, i would typically go for them but i am already kind of expanded upon my sneaker budget for the month and may have to take the back seat on these those come out for 90 dollars on the 20th we get a Curry 7, our History, which looks like a Black History Month sneaker. Haven't seen a whole lot of the Curry 7 since he's been injured. Uh, those are 140. This kind of looks like a slipper moccasin. Crazy that it's a performance basketball shoe. But uh, if you're interested in the Curry line, uh, on the 20th for 140. 21st, we get a Paul Rodriguez Nike Dunk High boxing gloves. And this features the colors of the Mexican flag. So you get red white and green in the dunk format for 125. super rad to see paul rodriguez still kicking it and getting uh signature models and custom colorways uh used to really love paul rodriguez when i skated paul rodriguez rodney mullen stevie williams um, were some of my favorites and that comes out on the 21st for 125 also on the 21st we see the nike lebron 17 i promise for his uh School, his foundation in that colorway. That's going to be $200. Seems, I just forgot how steep LeBrons have gotten with them, all the technology they, they utilize. In addition, we're going to see on the 23rd potentially a Nike Drifter Split ISPA. Don't really see any image of these in the release calendar I'm using, um, but those may come out on the 23rd. They may not. 24th, the Nike PG4. Uh, this is going to be black, white. Light gray, smoke gray for $110. Love it. Love what the PG line is doing. An affordable sneaker that looks very high tech and modern at a great price point, which is, I think, great for Nike basketball because it keeps a lot of those upcoming athletes, kids who are constantly growing out of shoes, gives them the ability to stay a Nike fan and buy these performance basketball shoes at a low price point. If you haven't seen the PG4, it comes with that zipper shroud across the top. Um, if you want to do it that way, or you can leave the laces open. On the 24th, we see the Nike LeBron 17 Infrared, modeled after the Jordan 6 Infrared, even with the lace lock for $200. Also, we see the Nike Air Terra Antarctic uh, Gore-Tex. That's going to be Summit White, yellow, a little bit of green, super high top, very interesting, almost similar to the lacing on the Off Whites. We also see the same model and a juniper fog and Janestone. those are going to be a whopping 220 if you're interested in those very uh tech fit ish and then you get the ultra boost 2020 Chinese New Year pack uh we get a black ultra boost we see a superstar the lunar new year uh, another ultra boost uh that's going to be black with some floral flowers we get another kind of gray one it looks to be some sort of flower or fish on the boost, but it looks like blood splatter to me. Those are 180. Uh, and then the Ultra Boost DNA Chinese New Year for 180, which kind of has blue wings on the the boost portion. Uh, and then another black on that Chinese New Year pack. All those are going to be around 180. And finally, on the 25th, we get the clot times Nike Air Force One Low Rose Gold and Silk collaboration for 250 because the Kyrie 6 chinese new year for 140 once again so many colorways of the Kyrie 6 saw one that piqued my eye i play in the original black and white colorway but there's a bruce lee looking pair that might be floating around kind of looks like jurassic park to me um coming out in the future and on the tw- further on the 25th the Yeezy 350 boost v2 yeshaya yeshaya i don't know yay um it looks like a color that's already come out. I'm gonna be honest, I really can't tell the difference in some of these lighter toned white tin uh tan sesame type colors. Um, but that's gonna be 220. We see some Dame Sixes for 110, but the easy Boost is also coming back in a preschool and infant and toddler sizes. And that's gonna be the releases for uh the 19th through the twenty-fifth. I appreciate you guys for listening this far. Uh, I look forward to bringing some more content, working on some things in the background to bring you some very insightful interviews. I hope it all works out. But once again, I couldn't do this without you guys' support. I thank you for listening. With that being said, we'll catch you next time.